All right, another day of podcasting. All right, y'all, I guess this podcast is just kind of turning into my relationship with the divine. By that I mean God, by that I mean Jesus. Yeah, so yesterday was another day of like, man, some of the best discipline I've ever deployed. Worked hard all day. And it looks like I didn't have any success, but I did learn a lot. I went and uh, looked at a beach house as far as they got some odor. So I talked to the guy and that actually went really good. And he paid me 150 bucks for my time. You know, that's the, that's the cost for the air quality consultation. So that was an all right experience. And he's probably going to buy some air machines eventually if I follow up uh, properly. And he's got to get rid of that odor too. I mean, it's not going anywhere. Uh, the time of year is tough. He's got it rented for the next, you know, through the end of the year. And he, you know, he's not going to have anybody out of there for a long enough time for me to come in and deodorize. And he does want the air machines. We got to talk to his wife. So probably not going to be till the first of the year, but I probably will land a, a relatively substantial deal there. But then on the way, and when I got out, I got a call from, uh, another Angie lead I got last week. And the guy is like, Oh, me and my wife, we're old and we got terrible allergies and we think there might be mold and blah, blah. And I said, all right, I'm going to come for, you know, my air quality consultation. And I get there and he's a rough, tough, he's an old, old guy, but you know, he's uh, one of them, you know, one of them trying to whatever, you know, claim that he's the master of his his own domain so he has to you know he's a tough guy so that's fine i like those guys uh and it went well anyway he sat me down and he's like so tell me what you're gonna do for 150 dollars before you get started <laughs> well i had already drove three hours and i didn't get all upset like you know i was just like whatever i'll just let it ride and uh as i'm doing it going through it. I mean, they're really starting to like me and I'm, you know, talking about what their issues are and nailing them on the head and telling them the reason behind it. And then I told them what I had. I didn't bring it in. I guess I should have refused to, uh, talk about it until I showed it to them. I don't know. Now I'm thinking like I could have done this, could have done that, whatever. I don't know. I was chill and it was going good. It was very combative on one sense, but I just didn't, I didn't, I wasn't defensive at all, so it kind of de-armed them. Uh, but then when I told them the price, they, you know, threw a fit, you know, oh, I can't do that, fixed income, blah, blah, blah. You know, went from a tough guy to, uh, uh, woe is me, you know. So that's really funny how people will do that, right? <laughs> it's like, what are you? Are you, you know? Anyway, but um, I don't know. I just kept talking to him, kept talking to him, and I just... And I remembered, I've got to stay connected to God. You know, like, I can't do this on my own. Like, I have to have direction and guidance. And it's amazing what God can do, like, in the face of, you know, evidence speaking to the contrary, you know. And I just kind of, you know, just acknowledged God, said a little prayer, and stayed chill. And he's like, oh, you said you have financing, huh? And I said, yes, sir. And I gave him a sheet with all the breakdown of the financing payments and everything. And, uh, man, he was ready to go. And what he said was, uh, so it's a hundred dollars a filter, you know, 
per year but there's two machines so he's like so that's a hundred so how are we gonna change these filters blah 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 and i said i'll come change them you know once a year he goes so it's a hundred dollars per machine or a hundred dollars per visit and i said per machine and then he he just got all pissy threw his hands up he's like oh okay that's all i'm indebted to this for the rest of my life i'm not gonna live very long blah, blah blah and i don't know like I don't, I guess my ego, like, I'm just like, well, screw you then. Like, really? I don't want you as a customer. I don't know where I thought I could get away with being that choosy. I probably could have stuck it out, you know, and still, and got him to do it if I would have just chilled and spent a little more time. Who really knows? Uh, but here's the thing, you know, yesterday I was talking about how yeah, I got to figure it out what God is telling you to do. I mean, you got to take notes on things like, okay, God's telling me to do this. Here's the thing. And I may have explained this in the, in the podcast before, uh, but this is the way I see life. Okay. The majority of people going through life. So they have, they, you know, we have our experiences. So then we take in data or information, wisdom, as it were, from people that know a thing or two about our situation. I mean, if it doesn't apply to our situation at all, we don't really acknowledge it, right? But if it does apply to our situation, we'll take that information in, that wisdom, that knowledge, you know, divinely inspired preaching, if you will, you know, or something from the word of God, you know, something to direct us to do the right thing to get through the, you know, the trial that we're in. But here's the thing. People think that once they hear that understanding, that wisdom, that knowledge, that it's automatically applied. And so then now they like, they understand the right way to do it. So they literally have themselves convinced that that's what they're doing just because they understand the general concept of how to do it intellectually, you know what I mean? Or logically, so to speak. But like to actually put it into practice, people don't do that. They just talk about how they know what to do as if that gets them out of actually doing it. And, uh, but they don't realize that that's what's happening. They really think they're doing it. And I say they... And I kind of mean me, you know, because it's just true of the human condition. Very few people actually see the feedback, the, you know, the direction and then apply it. Somehow we think just understanding it is automatic application and it's not, it's not. So, you know, I mean, I'm constantly feeling like God's telling me this, telling me that. And then it's, it's like the best feeling in the world. You know, the creator of the universe, this guy's all power. Uh, is communicating with me. And it's like, man, if I do what he says, then I'm going to have a good result. But you think just because you understand what he's saying that you automatically did what he said. Well, doing what he said is hard. I don't know why. I guess all hell is trying to keep you from doing it, but you got to actually do it. So the thing that I haven't done is, and I've done it, but oh, yeah, I'm just jumping all around, you know, whatever. No, I haven't done it. So it's not, it's not a one-time thing, right? Okay. So certain things that God tells you to do, it's not like, oh, do that. And then it's done. Like that doesn't work that way. Like you need to change who you are. And, uh, it's, it's by finances, right? So, uh, finances, money answereth all things, you know, it's very, it's a, it's a tricky thing. Money is right. Uh, because there's a pathological extreme, you know, there's a risk of going to a pathological extreme because the love of money is the root of all evil, all kinds of evil, the Bible says. But the Bible also says that money answereth all things. So, 
you, you got to really look at this subject in context, but it is not the will of God for somebody to be living in scarcity and the lack of money. I would argue that if someone that doesn't have money loves money and uses people to get it because they're in scarcity and people with uh, adequate amount of money love people and use money to help people. That's just the way I see it. Now, there's definitely outliers and when you you know, so that's not a hundred percent, but that's the way I see it. And I believe it is a curse of the enemy to have the, a spirit of scarcity over the, the, the people of God, because it's like, how do you, how do you, you know, conduct yourself in this world with any semblance of, of confidence or boldness? If you ain't got no money, like you just can't like, that's not, and it, so it's not the will of God. If God owns everything, so there's some type of spirit there. There's some type of behavior. There's some there's something that needs to be conquered by each individual. And here's the thing. And I think it just comes down to the laziness of the flesh, right? So I follow Grant Cardone. <laughs> and Grant Cardone said a long time ago, if you don't give your money attention... It will cheat on you just like your wife. It's just that simple. And he says, if my wife ever cheated on me, it wouldn't be her fault. It'd be my fault because I wasn't giving her enough attention. And he says, the same thing with your money. If you don't know exactly, you know, the input and the output, you know, your profits and losses, how much money you have, how much money is going out, projected things in the future where you, you factor in. If you don't know all that, then you're not going to go anywhere. You don't have any clear targets. You don't even know where you are and you're just going to be broke. And I've, and I really thought that, you know, I don't necessarily look to Grant Cardone for spiritual advice, but I do believe that that is, uh, is a divinely inspired, uh, word of wisdom. I absolutely do. I believe that to be true. I really do. But here's the thing. I haven't, I've sat down and figured it all out. But then like not kept an eye on it or kept an eye on my spending or kept an eye on that or that. It's just like, oh, a big deal is going to take care of everything. You know, one deal, you know, could literally make me a millionaire. I mean, it would have to be a big deal, obviously. But like, there's really no amount of money that's going to take care of everything. God's not, God doesn't need a certain amount of money to take care of everything. He needs your obedience. He needs my obedience to actually do what he said. And it's like, if I were to get a million dollars, it would just wither away because that's what all my money does. So why would you put a lot of money through something that just withers it away? So basically that's it. It's so the change I need to make a long way of saying the change I need change I need to make is make a daily habit of looking at exactly the money that I have to pay and exact money that I have and then the money that I have coming in in the future and really calculating that and understanding exactly where I am and uh now that I said it in the podcast I'm really putting myself to task so maybe I'll do it no I will do it I really think that that's the that's the chokehold I think that's what God is that's the thing that's the thing that I like couldn't figure out but I knew it all along it's like but I felt like because I knew it that I was automatically doing it. I knew I wasn't, but you know, I could go on and on and just babble back and forth, but I th- hopefully you get the point. Um, so that's what I'll do. And I think I'll do that. And then I think that, you know, the work will, 
pay off. And uh, so I need to do that. It's I actually like numbers, too. I don't know why I'm just so reluctant or, you know, I guess I said it before because all hell is coming against it. So I guess that let that be the lesson. What is it that you know you need to do that you somehow convinced yourself that because you know it, that it's already done. And if you just did it, things would turn around. Now I'm being pretty bold too. I'm claiming this in faith. Now that's faith because I have no, like literally, I have no idea how I'm going to make it financially. Like I'm just, my way of making it financially is to look at my dismal financial situation. <laughs> and I believe that God's going to provide once I do that. And hey, if he doesn't, then I guess there's, I got another thing I got to do that I, I'm, you know, hiding, lying to myself deep down in my unconscious. But yeah, wow. It's, all, it's been 13 minutes, y'all. All right, well, I'm going to check off here. Maybe I'll check in tomorrow too. Okay, bye. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Stefan Five Podcast. All right, it is the 18th. No, I think it's the 17th. It's the 17th of January, 2022. And there is a lot of big things happening in the world today. We are getting closer and closer to the last day. That's for sure. And I am back on track, or so I pray. And I am. Everyone is what they believe they are. And uh, being on track is a very, very important thing. So, like, traction is important, and distraction is important to avoid. And... uh I think we've always been plagued with the the temptation to be distracted because if we don't know exactly what we're doing, we'd rather like convince ourselves that this shiny new object is the right thing to do. So I guess that's the the struggle of my life and I think most anybody is to just really, really decide what you want and then be so laser focused on it that everything else is secondary or completely insignificant. Like you just don't even tend to it. And uh, you look at people that go far in life, they knew what they wanted and they locked into it. And, uh, and so the trick is to pick something to zone in on and zone in on it and make it happen. And uh, that's, I think, where the distress in my life comes is looking back on time and remembering how excited I was about that one thing. And I put together all this work to build a foundation to go after that one thing. And then some circumstances, whatever it is, came up and distracted me off of that thing. And, uh, but it's not the, it's, I guess the way I said that implies that if the thing wouldn't have distracted me, then I would still be on the thing. But I think that's, uh, it's very important to note that it's not the thing because there's always going to be a thing, right? It's kind of like if somebody, so I have a problem saying no. Well, I don't anymore. In the name of Jesus, I don't anymore. So that's the, the successful people say that the key to their success is focus. Secondary is being able to say no and then time management. Well, it's all the same thing if you think about it. But uh, so I need to focus and I need to say no to people that tell me to 
get unfocused. Like they don't say it that way. They're not like, Hey, I need you to not focus on what matters to you and focus on what matters to me. Of course they wouldn't present it that way, but that's the reality. Like that's what you're dealing with. So you've got to learn to say, no, I'm focusing on, you know, whatever I got to, you know, what's important to me is important to me. But, uh, that's hard to do if you don't have a clear timed out vision of what you're doing and where you're going. It's like, okay, that just doesn't fit into my time. And then that's where the time management thing comes in. But so I would get a bad attitude toward, you know, the world. Like, well, if people would just leave me alone and let me focus, then I could focus. But, uh, that's, that's what losers do. I think I've said this before, but if you, the way you feel is determined by your external surroundings then you're a loser and that's really harsh but it's so true like you have to determine within yourself how you're going to feel and what you're going to do and take all responsibility for the conditions in your life because ultimately it is you and uh unjust things happen however if you don't adopt that mentality that the way you feel is your fault, then it, then you're never going to feel good because the world is, you know, things come and go. Things will come and you'll feel good for a moment. But as far as like truly being fulfilled internally, that you've got to master that. And uh, as far as I can tell, it's focus. It's being dialed in to a target and movement toward that thing. And if you can if you can go to bed every night and know that you worked hard at moving toward the thing, because I think some days you're not going to see any movement, but if you know that you really gave it your best, that will produce enough positive emotion to keep you going. And I think in my, uh, when it comes to me, it just, it really comes down to lack of discipline and laziness. Like, I don't know, like, when I work real hard, then it shows some results. And then I like get high on the results that it's showing and then kind of, you know, let off the gas and just reminisce and like the, the success that's happening. But then like you lose your momentum and this all happens very like insidiously. Like I don't realize it's happening. And then it's like, Oh, now I got to pick up my momentum again. And it's tough too, when you get sick and like, Oh, just everything comes at you. But I think but ultimately, like I said, it's my fault. Like, you know, you can do more. I can always do more. And uh, lately, I don't feel like I've been doing as much. It's not necessarily as much. Like, I've done a lot of work, but it's not been pointed enough, you know? So I guess I'm going to... I'm talking all over the place, so I apologize. But uh, this is more of a therapy session for me than anything else, I guess. But um, the most important thing and I feel like God told me this, is to master cold, just cold knocking on doors, going in, testing their air, and then persuading them to fix their air via my offer, Active Pure Technology. And uh, that's, uh, I mean, that's something, that's next level stuff. Like there's one guy that does it, that actually does it and makes a living. Now, and he absolutely kills it. But I've talked to the guy and, it's not rocket science. It's, it's commitment. And then there's skills as well. And just the vibe that you're giving off, you know, you got to give off a certain vibe to where people trust you and you got to, you know, and you talk to enough people and it happens. Uh, and I did, you know, one time 
it worked. We knocked on someone's door and they ended up buying. And it wasn't a consequence of my flawless delivery of all the things I'd practiced either. Uh, it was God teaching me that if I trust him, he's going to make it happen. I got to do what he tells me to do. But at the same time, there comes a point where you have to uh, practice up the skills and execute what you know so you can use that for the service of God and everything else, you know, because it's all linked, right? But uh, it, so what happened was we did that and then we committed to the numbers. Like, okay, if you talk to 25 people a day, you'll sell two to three units. Like, that's just the numbers. That's what the guy that does it so much said. And then, you know, we're thinking about it, you know, never got that many numbers in. So it's like, okay, we got it. We're going to buckle down and do it. Well, we did that. We buckled down and we did it. And we talked to more people than that. I didn't even look at the numbers because it was like, it was so depressing that we did all that and didn't sell one single unit. And so then that's a, you know, evidence that it's not real, you know, that the, the numbers don't bear out and it's a lie, but I owe it to my whatever being itself to push through and actually make it work because if i were to run away with my tail between my legs and like oh it doesn't work then it'd be like somebody giving their life to god so they think right according to what they think giving their life to god is and then everything doesn't work out for them they're like oh i tried that living for god and it didn't work well it does work. You just didn't do it right. And that's just the reality. And in the moment when we tried, when we did that day, it was like, I had myself convinced that I did do it right. But if you're honest with yourself and you look back at what you did, it's like the vibe was off. The vibe was off. It was a scarcity mentality, you know, in it's commission breath. When you need the sale that bad, it's so hard to close the deal because you need it and they can sense it. It's almost, I don't know, they feel like they're being tricked into something. But if you're just confident and you're there to help them, then it works the other way around. So how do you, how do you gain that confidence in the moment when you really don't have it? I guess it's a faith game. Uh, it, yeah, that's, that's the art, right? State management. Tony Robbins says there's three things that determine how you're going to feel. Your story, the story you tell yourself about, you know, who are you in the story? What is it you're doing? What is the story? There's different ways you can look at a situation and you can tell it from a very pessimistic perspective or optimistic. And that story matters. And then a strategy is very important as well because you can turn uh, decades into days, you know, doing the right strategy you know, if you understand how to do something. So that's important as well. But the most important thing, because you cannot tell your, you, you can't actually believe the good story that you tell yourself or execute the proven strategy without the empowering state of mind. So it all comes down to state management. How do you flip over into a positive state, you know, with the flip of a switch. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of gurus that talk about it and they're doing it, man. I've done it. Uh, have I, do I do it six, uh, consistently? And uh, the answer to that is nope. But I think it all comes down to your connection with, uh, with the, with the divine, you know, 
It's your connection to God. And it's a, it's a blend of humility and confidence. And, you know, that's tough because, you know, the low resolution understanding of confidence is arrogance. And the low resolution understanding of humility is just being pathetic, really. You know, so people, those are the pathological extremes. So they look like the, they look like the opposite, kind of like faith and works, right? You know, it's not faith, it's works. It's not works, it's faith. It's like, if you really understood faith and works, you, you would understand you cannot have one without the other. It's a blend of the two that make that perfect faith. And it's the same thing. And that, and I guess it's the same with humility and confidence. Like you, you are so confident in, you know, your, your connection to God that he's ultimately guiding your steps that you have this, so to speak, swagger about you. And you just, you just trust that it's going to work out and that gives you the confidence. But it's also like, it's completely humble at the same time. And I guess that's, you know, you're, you're, you're riding the line of being arrogant and I could go on and on, you know, and it's, it's a, it's a constant to stay on that perfect, pure line of faith. And when things start to act good, then you you instantly start to think you're all that. And then as soon as you do, then you start to get away with thinking you're all that. And then you crash because you kick God out of the equation, you know, and I've never really got to whatever, who knows? I mean, I, I, things just pop in my head and I say things. I'm like, Oh, that's not really true. Blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, life is a dance and you learn as you go. But I guess if you're really going somewhere special, which everybody should be, you know, I think that your God given destiny is unique to you and it is beyond your imagine your, your wildest dreams. And, but to get there, it takes such a commitment and just, a a, a trust that God is guiding your steps and, and a discipline to put together the skills. I don't, I, the last thing I want to do is uh, portray that, oh, just trust God, everything will work out. Like, yeah, that's true. But there are skills. You have to acquire skills that have utility and then execute against a strategy with those skills. Like there's no exception to that. Now God will come in and like, that's what he literally locked up my jaw. You know, my mind went blank and still like basically closed the deal for me just to prove that ultimately all my strength does come from him and nothing has to be present necessarily. But if we're actually going to conduct ourselves properly in the world, it like, think about it. Like you got someone that has no skills you know, talking like, oh, trust God. Like you don't have any respect for that. Like you have to, you have to turn yourself into something that's worth admiring. But the whole time realizing it's not you, it's because of the grace of God. So I don't know, I guess that's the way I see it. And it's a fluid thing, my understanding of the way things work. But at the end of the day, so it's the, it's the door knocking thing. And it's like, that's the most important thing. And I got this presentation, right? And I've worked so hard on it. And I've like literally through the, you know, brain science of like the timing and the tempo and like the tonalities that you use to persuade people. And I practice so much. Well, yeah, I say I practice a lot to really practice to get out there and do it in the, in the, in the real world. And that I haven't done that much of. But that is so, so important and, and effective in doing what it is I'm trying to do. 
and it's simple. And simplicity is your best friend. Complexity is the enemy of execution. So you got to keep it simple. And so that's what I was working on. And then, all, you know, so many circumstances happen. So it's like I convinced myself I can't do it. And I mean, they might be legitimate. Like, I'm not going to go through what they all were for time's sake. But and a lot of it is, you know, I mean, things happen. Can't do it. You know, you get sick. You don't want to walk up in someone's house and you're sick. But uh, so that's the thing. It's like laser focus on this presentation. But there's another element to what I'm doing. So this is a team effort. I've got a team now, and it's very important that we collaborate with the body of Christ and your business team and everything else. And I do believe, I also believe that God told me to read the book, Who Not How. And that is where you can delegate and you can bring people into one cohesive goal and vision for life. You bring them in and, uh, and then you divide up the tasks and you go so much further and then everybody, you know, there's multiple people whose lives are, are affected positively as a result. So I've got that to consider. And so as far as the team is concerned, like just knocking doors and closing deals, which that is a pathway to it. And, you know, that's kind of what I drew, drew out because that would give the money to run the ads to where we can get where the, the online presence would schedule meetings where you go in and you do these air tests and then your close rate would be up that much more. And then you could, you know, build it out and expand that way. So the plan was to knock doors, to make enough money to where you could put money into running ads and things like that. But, and not really, but, because I knew this before, but it was like brought to my consciousness again Whenever you'd really do start running ads, what you have to have is an introductory method to get them into your world. And that is what you would call a lead magnet. Something that would allow people, that that would get people on your list, so to speak. And it's something I've never had because the thought of putting it together is like, oh, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't apply. It doesn't apply. And I think that's the problem we all have, right? Because like when we read the Bible or we, you know, we go to church and people are like, okay, you want to live a better fulfilling life, you know, and you want to live for God. Okay, do this. Okay, well, yeah, I know I can see how you do that, but that doesn't work for me because of blah, 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 blah. And it's like, either you do what you got to do or you don't do what you got to do. You've got to find a way to do what you got to do. It There's not an exception because of your situation. There's just not. So you got to make it fit. You've got to do what you got to do. And in business, it's the same thing. So the lead magnet. And like, I've always convinced myself, like I've like tried and I can't quite think of what to do and it's so much work to get it done. And, and it's like, oh, it doesn't really apply or I go off and do something else. This has to happen. I have to have a lead magnet. And uh, because that's how you run ads, you know, that's how you run ads to people and let them know who you are. You know, if you're a bigger brand, I guess just stand in front of them and be like, hey, do you want this toaster? You know, like they know what a toaster is and everything else. But if you're offering them something, they don't really know what it is. You got to come in and you got to get in their mind one way or the other and start communicating with them. And that's called a lead magnet. And that's always been the case, especially online. And I'm truly passionate about reaching people at scale online. Right. And uh, 
So I've got to make a lead magnet. So I'm in this challenge. It's called the five day lead challenge. And, uh, at the end of the challenge, you'll have all the, you'll actually have a lead magnet and you can send it off to your list and apparently get some leads, you know, some actual things scheduled just off of doing it for, for no cost at all. And then, and then go from there. And, uh, so I do feel like I owe it to my team and just the, the, you know, the mission moving forward to have a lead magnet and have uh, an online presence, something that is actually lined up and working. Now, to go back in time a little bit, they say, okay, emailing is the most lucrative thing you can do, and that is traffic that you own. So when it comes to reaching the marketplace with your message, product, whatever, offer, there's three types of traffic. There's traffic you buy, there's traffic you control, and there's traffic you own. You buy it, you pay for an ad, boom, you get in front of someone that's traffic, you know. And then you control traffic, like if you have like a Facebook group, you kind of control the narrative of that group and you get people communicating. And then, and then, there's, then there's traffic that you actually own. You have their email address and you can send them a message for virtually zero dollars. So I've you know, I hear that mentality, you know, the whole backstory on why people believe that. And it's like, you cannot argue with that. So I, I think I get the, the, the cart a little bit ahead of the horse and I want to send these emails like, okay, I can just get a lead from the email and then prove that it works and then really nourish, nurture that. But what I've done, as far as I can tell, is I have ruined all my credibility with the like the email servers and the IP address and everything else because I've done things like blind carbon copy and this and that. And and I think it's flagged me as like spam. So and I think this happened way before too, because I just didn't have this right code and everything set up with the autoresponders and the, you know, the the domain hosting, all this stuff. Like there's it, it's simple. You just put like code in certain things. And then once it's lined up, it's done. But if you start before you get it all lined up and then you ruin it, then you got to start over. And I feel like I ruined it and started over. And then I ruined it again. And I'm in a situation where I've got all that to deal with and I don't know how to do it. And that sucks, but I got to do it. So I got to figure it out. So I've got that whole email thing going on. It's like I have two targets, which sucks. You're like, oh, I need one target and just laser go in, but it's it's all linked. So that that's the dilemma I'm at right now. Podcast, okay. So that's where I'm like, kind of like working out what the what the issues are and what I'm trying to accomplish. So I want to get this lead magnet done and get it emailed to a list with, uh, you, you know, relatively good delivery rates on the on the email, and uh, and and then I want to. I want to break through on the door knocking. I, I got to do it. And there's like, and I, so I think I'm very blessed on the door knocking thing, right? Because I actually have a check coming, you know, so I got a little money coming Friday, no matter what. So I don't have to like freak out and have to close a deal. And I've got some potential, you know, things scheduled to this week that I could probably close the deal. Like they really need it. And I think they know they need it. And I know what I got. I mean, it works. Just got another great testimonial this week about how good my product works. So, so that's it. It's the door knocking thing. And then I got to keep up with, yeah. So that's the kind of three things, right? So I have to take, you know, you heard the, you heard the saying, a bird in the hand is like two in the bush. 
No, how's that work? Yeah, yeah, right, right. So there might be there might be two things you could go after, but if you got something in your hand, you've got to you know ensure that that's your thing, right? Don't let it go. Don't let the bird in your hand go to get the two in the bush because then you might end up with zero. So the bird in the hand thing. So I've got these appointments that are you know coming up, you know some you know replacement things and potential deeds you know, sales that could come off of that, that I've got. So I've got to tend with that, you know, I, and, and I guess that's the thing. I, you know, I, I guess that's what makes up our identity, right? You know, our, our experience as human beings, you know, we have our, our past, our present and our future. So maybe that's it. You can kind of put that. Yeah. And I guess that's it. You know, like the wisdom of the past, right? The wisdom of the one thing that is foundational that you know because it's experience and nobody can tell you any different because you've experienced it. That's the past, I guess. So that's the equivalent of the bird in the hand, right? The deals that I know I can go close, right? Whether I'm just changing a filter and then I can upsell them on more stuff or, you know, or, you know, the actual leads that I've got that people show interest. Like that is the bird in the hand, wisdom of the past. And then the present is like, okay, right here, right now, I can go knock on a door, get in the, get inside, test their air and sell them something. That's the present. And then future. I feel better about this now. I'm starting to. So thank God for this podcast. Talking to myself. I don't need no counselor. Huh. And then the future is the the online presence. It's the lead magnet and everything else. So Maybe that's it, right? You got to have your, your, your focus, your, your laser beam focus on the ultimate goal, the objective, and it's made up of three parts, no more than three. I'm, this is complete conjecture that's just popped in my head right now. I don't know if it's true. I think it is, though. I really do. So I feel better about what I'm doing. So I'm actually trying to accomplish three things, but it's all the same thing, right? I'm trying. What I'm doing is I'm offering people the what do, what do I, do I have a tagline? Do I have an ultimate result? Okay. I tr- completely transform your mental and physical health, mental health. Now I can't do that. I can't do that. Like your, your physical health though, but your mental clarity is linked to your physical health. And I can help with that because of the better sleep and everything else. So, you know, for those of you that don't know, I don't know if I taught, I have an air machine, right? This machine actually will sanitize the air and surfaces in your home and get you off your allergy and asthma medications. And it works every time. And the, the amount, because your brain develops neurotoxic waste all day long, so it's designed to flush that out while you sleep. So the air you breathe when you sleep is very, very important. It's linked to your quality of life, period, end of story. So my goal is to get the air people breathe when they sleep better so they can have a better life and then go from there, right? The air you breathe all day matters too, but we got to start with where you sleep. So that's, that's basically what I'm doing. Then I got all, yeah. So that's what I'm doing. So you go to their door and tell them, okay, let me test your air. And then they're like, okay, let me make it better. And you sell them something. Right. And then, uh, and then, you know, so I want to run ads and stuff too, so I can just make those appointments and go in and do it more. But it also kills COVID and schools are shutting down because of COVID. So that's a whole nother distraction. So that's a whole nother market. And now what? Now, what do I talk about that? So that's, you know, that's where the anxiety comes from. I'm like, I got I to gotta reach out to these schools because one deal could make me a million dollars. But I also need a foundation of something that's like tried and true, like no matter what. So I think I just got to focus on what I'm doing. 
Hell yeah. Now I'm thinking like, man, letting those schools slip away. But I can send emails to schools if I fix my IP address. Yep. Okay. All right, y'all. That's it. That's it. That's it for today. That's what I'm doing. So I guess that's that's the anxiety I have is like, do I let the, the big commercial deal slip away? I think I have to for this week. I've got to do what I just said I was going to do because uh, we're having an entrepreneurial conference too, by faith, because we don't have enough people to actually do it. We've got to get some more people before we'll do it. But that is a, a marketing opportunity. And when you market with people that actually have businesses, like you have to have something that you're actually doing and not just have an idea in your head and be able to talk about it. So I need to have this lead magnet up and running and my IP and all these emails working to where if I talk to somebody of, you know, like a, a referral partner or some type of connections that I can be like, okay, this is the way I see it. It's, this is the strategy. This is the methodology. I guess I would do it the way Russell teaches, right? Tell the backstory on how you came to earn or learn, you know, believe in the strategy that you're doing, explain the strategy and then get down to the tactics. But be careful with the tactics because people will get, uh, they'll get bored and they'll tone out. But I have to have this in place before I can like talk to somebody with a straight face without shame. Yeah, because I feel shame for not actually finishing things. So I'm going to finish this. And things are going to be awesome. I've been talking for 28 minutes. I got to go, y'all. Peace out.